In 2237, the Fourth Light Division of the Terran Stellar Navy vanished into an interdimensional rift. Now they wear the crimson sword and planet uniform of the Terran Stellar Empire. The union of spacefaring planets is but a ragtag alliance of rebellion. Ambition and oppression surround them. Who can be trusted? Who must be watched? And where is the way home? Hey everyone, uh, this is uh, Lieutenant Commander Morlock with the Fleet News Pulse in Exile. Um, something strange uh, this week, or strange and good, uh, we've, since I've been trying to record these and use the broadcast equipment that uh, some reporters left on our ships uh, a little while ago, um, I found out that the Fleet News Service and the Imperial News Service because they're so similar, they share f some frequencies, and there seems to be some cross-hatching going on. Um, I'm able to pick up some of the, the FNS uh, right now, but I'm afraid that once we get back to Terran Empire space, whatever that means, uh, there might be some skipping back and forth. I don't know why. Uh, I blow things up, I don't study electromagnetism. So, um, but, uh, it's lucky, and we'll be able to hear a little bit of news from home. So, here it is, uh, and after that, uh, um, sorry, Commander Maxian will, uh, tell us about, um, the news of this universe, such as it is. Enjoy! You're listening to WTSN, and this is Fleet News Pulse. This cycle, on the Pulse. The TSN Hamilton ships out on an extended exploratory mission. The 4th Fleet still missing in action. Nixora Technologies claims responsibility for deadly attack on Genesa Colony supply ships. And of course, our weekly news roundup. All this on the pulse. Welcome, Captain Scales. It's quite an honor to have been selected to undertake such a high-profile mission, returning to the very roots of the USFP's purpose. Thank you for having me. I am happy to be on, and I enjoy listening to your show every week. It is quite an honor, and my crew and the TSN Hamilton are ready and prepared for this mission. What makes Hamilton uniquely suited for this job? The light cruiser class vessel is a very versatile ship and is the best ship for a mission of this nation. The Hamilton is currently the only light cruiser operating in the second light division, making us the best choice. What was the selection process like for the crew? All eligible personnel were vetted by TSN Command for stamina and experience. We then looked for a selection of crew members with unique skill sets relevant to this mission and a selection with well-rounded knowledge to create a strong and balanced crew. And how have the preparations for departure been going? It must be a major job to complete such an advanced refit. It has been very challenging. We have relied heavily on fleet services and the Corps of Engineers. Our brand new stellar cartography has taken up most of our resources. There have also been delays in getting our new advanced sensor array to communicate with the main computer. The whole crew has been working hard, and all systems are now running at full efficiency. We are confident we will launch on schedule. How are your crew shaping up for the task? The crew have been shaping up perfectly. The last few training simulations have proven very successful. 
I cannot put into words how proud I am of the crew. They have come a long way in such a short time. And are they doing anything special in preparation? As you mentioned before, exploration is the very root of the USFP. So our carefully assembled crew is already highly trained for most relevant skills. However, we have all undergone extra diplomacy training to prepare for meeting new cultures and species. Is there anything they will miss while they're away? Real showers. <laughs> the prospect of using sonic showers for a year doesn't sound very appealing to the crew at all. All jokes aside, I know the whole crew will be missing their families. And, Captain, what are your hopes for this mission? My hopes for this mission is to gain information to aid in scientific discoveries and meet new civilizations with whom we can form strong and productive alliances with. What do you expect will be your greatest challenges? I believe the greatest challenge will be meeting new civilizations. Diplomacy is a very delicate process, and communicating with new species is always a challenge. I hope with our intensive diplomacy training I mentioned, We'll be able to project peace and avoid disputes. Well, thank you, Captain Scales, for giving us this interview. We look forward to um, perhaps being able to hold another interview with you, if communications allow, during your mission. Thank you for having This is Commandant Matzian with a news roundup of recent events in the operational area of the Fourth Hunter Group. <clears throat> Stormhold Station is up and running with stable power, improving comms and regular ordnance production. Environmental control algorithms have been improved and manual intervention on O2 and gravity are no longer needed. Community facilities are next. Work will begin on recreational spaces after completing a community hall and a chapel to house services for the dead. The sector to Rimwood of Stormhold revealed a sizable human community with mining and industrial capacity and a well-defended Natani way station. Exchanges with local traffic control stopped short of open hostility, but they were quick to claim sovereignty and warn us away from stations when they detected our ISN signatures. A parley was arranged with local civil and military authorities. Before that got underway, though, a powerful force of Kralians with some Skorayan and Torgoth elements entered the system and engaged all human units who they claimed had desecrated the memory and honour of one Colonel Zolmar. Indigenous military and powerful Natani warships joined in repulsing the hegemony battle groups. In the following meeting with the Heptonite authorities, stellar cartography confirmed a fix somewhere to spinward of the Poseidon Rift and between the Arin system and hegemony space. The Heptonites broke off talks immediately they learned that the Kralians appeared to be threatening human stations in the neighbouring sector to Trailing, which had been coexisting relatively peacefully for several years. Heptonite transports were dispatched immediately to evacuate human populations, but the hunter group agreed to use shuttles to rescue occupants of stations that were closer to the Kralian positions. Initially, Kralian numbers appeared much greater than expected, but this was traced to advanced electronic warfare spoofing capabilities on a weapons platform near one of the Kralian stations, and was successfully countered. All human stations were successfully evacuated with minimum casualties, and they were even able to supply ordnance and energy to support the engagement. Despite this, a resourcing snafu led to the crippling of ISN Invictus by a Skorayan decloaking off her stern, despite otherwise successful efforts by the group to intervene with other nearby hostiles. Mine might be a good idea. Oh, look, the tube's going to take about a week, though. I don't think we can load a mine. No, tubes aren't broken. 
were rescued without difficulty, and resourceful Damcons crash-started her battered systems and brought her away afterwards at low warp. Following clues from the talks, Stormhold's data cores, and downloads from a derelict mining rig, it was determined that certain asteroids in designated no-go zones within the Stormhold sector are mausoleums, containing both human and Kralian remains from the battle in which the station fell. One of those interred is a Colonel Zolmar, who apparently was held in very high regard by certain Kralian partisans. Stay safe out there. Matsian out. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.